Welcome in, Little Boomers. It's the Little Boomer. We just want to talk about the people that support us so you can support them. The High Bank Distillery across from the Grandview Yard in their new location in New Albany. Some of the best spirits in the city. Award-winning spirits on top of that. That's Not right. Only are they award-winning? They're Little Boomer tested and Little Boomer approved. Am I right, Bucket Heck Kyle? That's right. Uh, best Award-winning best spirits in the city. Love to hear it. Love to drink it. Put it in your face holes. Absolutely. Drink some of those. And while you're doing that, we want to reach out and thank uh, the Artillery Podcast Network. That's just a name I made up, but we're going to get it printed up. The CBG Artillery <laughs> presents our podcast. So make sure you check them out after they record every Wednesday. And then keep coming by and check us out on Mondays after we're done. Shut up and sit down. Ladies and little boomers, welcome into another episode of the Bucket and Boomer podcast. I'm your co-host, the little boomer, and I'm here with my buddy, Bucket Hat Kyle. How you doing tonight, I, Bucket Hat? Good, pretty good. Feeling good as a co-host tonight. You are hosting this bitch, and uh, you are sounding great so far. Let's do it. Let's see what happens because this bad boy might come off the rails because we got a special guest in here with us tonight. So we've got we do we do we have Zach Millsworth. Most of you know him as Boone at Bulls. How you doing, Zach? Yowdy. Uh feeling a little warm. A little like warm like that. I mean, uh, doing shots and killing a 12 pack. <laughs> living, living the dream, baby. Living We're just like anybody in here nowadays. What is going on here? You pick me up off the streets. It, it yeah, happens. Right. There is absolutely zero screening process. That's yeah. to be fair, that's how I started with the artillery. I just stumbled into the studio one day and here we are. I was panhandling behind the dumpster here. activities. I just would not leave the artillery alone, so they gave me my own show. That's yes. So. We, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never heard it described better than that. That was the perfect description for what happened. That's Amazing. that's exactly what happened, and uh, you guys all get you know you 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 get to spend a little time with me every week, and uh, that's right. So now I'm probably your favorite. Mm. Unless you're, you're favorite, Sarah Kent, sure. yeah. Unless you're Sarah Kent, we've already found out via Twitter last night that I am not her favorite. She hates everything that lives and breathes she hates around her. So. She hates everybody. That's yeah. what oh. happens when you're older than time itself. Unbelievable. Get out of her, get out of the oxygen zone of Sarah because you will be hated if you're in that. In a couple years, it'll be an oxygen tank. Jesus. Anyways, we have hockey to talk about. What is going on here? We, we do. Let's start out with our normal segment. Let's go into our news and notes. Uh, the biggest thing that a lot of people are talking about right now in the CBJ world is uh, we got a couple significant injuries. Um, Justin Danforth left the Pittsburgh game Saturday night, undisclosed upper body injury, and is now listed out as indefinitely. I didn't see what happened with that. Did anybody, any of you two, see that video of what happened with him? I don't think there was, he I just have- all of a sudden wasn't on the bench. Yeah, I actually have not seen the video. Here's the bad part is because I actually texted you and Neff like, what the hell happened? Because funny enough, I was with Zach. And at the end of the first intermission, we ran into Adam, our season ticket rep, and missed the first nine minutes of the second period because we were hanging out with Adam. Damn it, Edler. Come on, dude. Jeez, I know you're just doing your job, but you got to let people watch the games. Yeah, we come back and I'm like, "Uh, Justin Danforth hasn't played this period? What the hell happened? I thought maybe he was... You know, in Torts' doghouse, but then I remember Torts ain't here anymore. 
Right. Yeah. That that was that's very unfortunate. He's been playing lights out. I mean, ever when Line went down, he he jumped on the first line and has fit in very well with them. I mean, as as well as he can, you know, as being a twenty nine yeah. year old rookie are, rookie rookie last year. Yeah, those are some huge skates to fill. I mean, that line line A injury, we're still feeling that across the board, oh, especially especially yeah. in that power play. We're still the only team in the entire NHL that does not have a power pole power play goal registered. Missing one by two seconds. That's yeah. true. There has been a, there has been two of them where they scored a few seconds after the power play ended. But you know, on the flip side of that, PK Danforth was a big part of that as well. Uh, eighth in the league on the PK. You know, I mean, now we're going to see a pretty significant dip on that end. But we didn't against New York, so who knows? Right, right. And you know, coming back Danforth, like I've said in the past, with him being what I call our Swiss Army knife, you know, he went from the third line to the first line and. It wasn't seamlessly, but he held his own very well. And right. you know, you were talking about a guy that 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 goal he had, I think it was against Nashville, where he come down two on one and somehow still buries it to tie the game up. I mean, he's he's definitely earned his spot and been playing a significant role. So this this is not it's not the not the worst case scenario, but this is not an easy position to fill. Well, yeah, just, how many how many more left wingers are we gonna go through here? I mean, now out indefinitely, it's there's no timetable for return. That's probably a pretty significant injury. And if it's indefinitely, who knows if we'll even see him back this season if it's if it's that bad. So right. I, I mean line day down, Dan Ford takes a spot, he's down now, and, and now you know this isn't quite this isn't a left wing factory. It's uh we're starting to run out of options there on the left side. Well, you know, I'm sure maybe they can flip your boy Marchinko over to the other side. I, I think that he can play anywhere on the ice. And I on the flip side of that, I know they're grooming Kent Johnson right now to be a center, but um, I he's also could play pretty decent wing as well. So we'll and see what he, happens. I, they've actually moved him up to that, what, second line left wing spot. So he's kind of the one yep. that Gus went up and now Johnson's moved into that second line role. So we're definitely filling from within. And that brought Liam Foodie in for his first action this year. And, Got two assists in his first game. So, I mean, he showed up to play. He looked really good. He yeah, was noticeable in all the right ways. Exactly. Ag- agreed. Uh, now, Zach, haven't you always kind of been a foodie guy? Or is I can't remember. Is that somebody um, that you've kind of not really wanted up here? I'm not sure. Not really. It's nothing I've ever really made a comment on. I haven't really got enough of a sample size from him. Oh, perfect. Well, we're doing a podcast right now. So, why don't you let us know your thoughts on foodie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it just seems like he's popped in for a bit, did well, or been completely invisible. Wait, let's go back a couple weeks ago where, um, you know, lineups were set and all that. Marchenko, Meyer goes down and Foodie stays. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. If he went on waivers, he was getting taken. Former early first-round pick, he's still got upside. He's getting taken. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it only made sense to keep him on the roster as a scratch. It sucks that he wasn't getting that playing time, but because of injuries, he's getting that chance now and he's showing up. I was definitely one of those guys, uh, Boomer, when um, he got left here in, you know, instead of Meyer Marchenko, I think you were in the same boat, was why are you, what is he, what are we doing here? Like, this is not, this is not putting the best guys in the lineup right now. This is a total, like, contract situation we're dealing with and i don't think that he deserved to be there talent wise or what he showed in camp right not only that he was hurt through part of camp so even when he was there he wasn't there there if that makes sense but 
he obviously did something when he was there, and then he steps into the lineup, and boom, two assists later, you're going, okay, maybe that was the right call. Because all we've done for the last two weeks is question everything Lars has done. I mean, we start out 0-3, and literally we were talking about how the sky is falling. Then you go and win two in a row, and then we have our typical Pittsburgh game, and then won a third one. And now you've got Spit and Chicklets talking about us winning three of our last four. And so whether you like him or not, the moves make sense. But getting off of the Justin Danforth injury, you do know we had another guy go down. And me and you, Bucket, we caught hell over this one when uh, Nick Blankenberg entered the lineup. And all we talked about at the beginning of the season was size, 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 size. And he comes in, plays two games, gets a goal, a couple assists, is noticeable everywhere, hitting people just playing balls to the wall like his hair's on fire. And then he gets gets taken out in a weird, weird injury Sunday night against the Rangers. Um, I mean, we would probably think that five foot nine, 165 pounds is probably going to get hit into the boards and crumble, and that's why he's out. But that's not it. He was coming around, stuck his stick out, his arm hit somebody. I don't remember who it was, Trocek or Lingren or who, but just caught his arm wrong, uh, left the game, did come back in, and then early in the second period was gone, and they had to rotate five right. people the game. It, so, almost, it almost looked like the same like kind of injury that Line had, like with the hyperextension. He, he hit his elbow, like, and then like the rest of the top half of his arm kind of wrapped around the, whoever he hit. So it – it almost looked like a hyperextension. I'm no doctor. I'm not even close to being a doctor. Right. Um, but I, it kind of looked – I mean, I've had hyperextended body parts before, and that's kind of what that looked like. I don't know. Yeah, and the, and the uh, way he kept bending that arm when he was sitting on the bench, like trying to work out a kink or something, it just yeah. went away. Total total uh, symptoms, I guess you would say, of uh, of a hyperextension where you could, it almost feels like you can just stretch it out. Uh, but that pain's not going away. So I, I don't know. I, I think Blankenberg is a big loss right now. Um, that's coming from me where I was wondering what he was even doing on the team to start the season. Uh, he's proved me wrong and has played uh, his little ass off, I, I must say, and killed it. Yeah. Well, that quoting, game Johnny, goal, quoting Johnny yeah, Goudreau, he's a great little hockey player. Great little, <laughs> great little hockey. I think mean, I think Goudreau's smaller than Blankenberg. They're the same size. He's They're the same size. He's They're both He's listed li- at five nine, one sixty five. That's so funny that he called him a little player, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, that's hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, Blankenberg's I'm, a big loss, but go ahead, Zach. Biggest takeaway: Bucket Hat Kyle is a doctor. <laughs> that's yes. That's exactly what I said. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, I just you know. We we both we both said on the last couple episodes we did not say he was not good enough to play here and that's one thing I do want to clear up I never once said he was not good enough to play here I said I didn't think he was big enough to stay here once he got to play and seven periods later he's already out on a freak injury now a lot of people are going to say it's a freak injury size didn't have nothing to do with it and I'm talking to you Michael Neff who started texting us as soon as it happened immediately immediately yeah. like defending defending it like what 
dude, gr- what are you doing? You're texting yeah. us immediately after Blankenberg gets hurt, like defending his size. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, if he's five, he's five nine. If he's six two, the elbow hits a different spot that doesn't happen. So size does play into it. So anyway, no, this, this is a huge loss. I mean, he's came in and sparked the defense. I mean, he was playing top pair with Lorensky before he went down. Yeah, you sparked the whole team, dude. I mean, the yeah. team all of a sudden is like it's like a whole. He came in, they won three of four. You know what I mean? It's and it's, yeah, then they they should have won that game against Pittsburgh. Honestly, they just fell apart in the last period, but. Uh, yeah, yeah he comes in, they win three of four, should have won four of four, and now he's out. And that's, I think that's a huge loss. How do I mean, how if do he, you go two nothing? They score, we score immediately, make it three one. I mean, they got that one goal, and we answered right back and still find a way to give up five unanswered. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, if you watch that Vancouver game, like I hate to say it, but that play style for his size was not sustainable whatsoever. Like he was setting big men down like a fat kid on a teeter totter. It they were going down <laughs> quick. Uh, but at his size, putting those hits in, he's going to get hurt. It's gonna happen. Uh yes, it just, is. Just oh, one God. correction there, Zach. He didn't play in the Vancouver game. He didn't come in until Nashville. It was Vancouver. It was Nashville. Uh it was not was Nashville at home because he started laying some he started laying yeah. the heat. I yeah, think. because the, the Vancouver game was the one that went into overtime, and then they announced the next day that Blanks was coming in and Bokey was going out. I thought there was some sort of injury, but I guess not. Hmm. I think Zach's right. Fact check that. I think hey. that he's played four no, games. No, it, it was Vancouver. I was. Hey, I'm always game. wrong. I'm always wrong. Because that's All where right. he had the two massive hits because I left after yeah. the second period. Yes, that is right. You are. Yeah, right, I, I have no clue what I'm talking about. I'm just here to host. We're, so, great. how about that's that weather? Well, <laughs> doing great. It's great outside. That's lovely. Uh, no, Blankenberg, big loss. But, yeah, moving on from that, I mean, uh, hopefully it's just like the line A, the line A injury there where there's a, maybe a small hyperextension. Line A, on the other hand, news and notes, another thing is he looks better and better every day. Yeah, he's ahead all of signs, Yeah, all signs point to him playing in Finland. So, at, uh, that is the main goal for him right now, I think, the short-term goal. And I think that he is well on his way to, to doing that. Yeah, but just like us, Line is no doctor either, but he himself said he feels better than expected. Right. And to be fair, Line does have very good doctors surrounding him, telling him these things that he's telling us. So it's, it is coming from a good source when he says right. those things, and I will trust it. But while we're on news and notes, let's take a quick peek at the standings because I know a lot of people are uh, – us included, panicked after that 0-3 start. But winning three out of four, that gives you six points. You know, we've played seven games. All seven of them have been against playoff teams or playoff contending teams, supposedly. I mean, Vancouver's kind of – Meh, yeah. Well, they were to start the season, so right. well, they, have, and, they have a pretty potent and, offense. Yeah, and in Vancouver's defense, they literally had a two-goal lead in their first four games and found a way to lose them because they just can't they can't finish and that's exactly what their gm said is they've got to learn how to win they don't have goaltending and that sounds familiar but i'm not going to get into that rabbit hole right now yeah we'll get into that later we'll get there but but looking at looking at the league standings right now i know most teams have played six games there's a few that have played five and a few that have played seven but just looking at our metro i mean this is exactly what we all predicted right currently the Penguins are in first. The Flyers are in second. The Hurricanes are in third. 
The Rangers are in fourth. The Devils are in fifth. The Caps are sixth. We sit in seventh. And the Islanders, who somebody predicted to finish second in the Metro, are in dead fucking last. Yep. Yeah, we I all did, saw this coming. Huh? I got I got two of them in the right place right now, so I'm I'm shooting twenty five percent, which is about twenty percent better than most of my predictions. Still, a lot of hockey left to be played. A lot of meltdowns. Have yeah, these are, yeah. Nobody's yes, went on a run yet. Nobody's had that skid yet. I mean, it's really really early. But who in the hell had Flyers in the second at any point in the division on their bingo card? Because I sure as hell didn't. Yeah, I also didn't have the Blue Jackets starting 0 and 3, but here we are. Now, now they're going to come back, you know, now it's 3 and 4, so they've they've won 3 and 4, but still the, the whole start. The but, start's been weird all all around the table. Especially so, yeah, with John Tortorella eliminating people on his team just fucking taking them out back and putting a bullet it, in them. It's oh like yeah, Fortnite. Yeah. Trying to it's trying crazy. to kill me last night. I had Kevin Hayes and Konechny trying to gain some fantasy points at the end. He benched fucking both of them. He benched both of those guys. Yeah, they did not oh, play the got, entire third period. No shit, those guys got the bench, the torch bench already. That's crazy. Yeah, you wow. know that's going. You know that's going to go over like a lead with <coughs> Kevin Hayes. And I'm oh. half convinced they sent Ryan Ellis to the glue factory. He's he's on your stamps. <laughs> Him and Joe Hansen, yeah, for sure, they're on their way over there. Jesus. But looking around the rest of the league, the Atlantic, you got your Bruins in first because we all predicted that. Panthers in second. The Sabres are in third, the Red Wings in fourth, the Maple Leafs are also known as Arizona's bitch in fifth, the Senators in sixth, the Lightning in seventh, and the Canadians in eighth. The Lightning have six points, just like yeah. us. Yeah, in, in, the Eastern, in the Eastern Conference right now, yeah, we've got six points. So do the Senators, the Lightning, the Canadians, the Devils, the Capitals, and then the Islanders wow. stood at four points behind us. Nobody's got more than ten points. The Bruins got ten. How in the hell they're five and one? I with that pre-sport uh, lineup and no Marchant, that's crazy. Um, you are forgetting one thing, my friend, David Pasternak. Yeah, yeah who's currently usually, leading the league in points? Yeah, but he is usually unreal. Marchant is the one feeding him, so. For them to be able to pull that top line together without Marchand is very, very impressive. But you've sure. also got the return of Bergeron and Krejci, and it's the beginning of the season. So once they get about 20 games in and Jello time comes at the nursing home, they're going to slow down. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, if you look over in the uh, the Western we Conference. We don't have to do the West. Just well, I just want to throw a few – point totals out there, you know, because everybody's panicking that we're only three. And oh, four. yeah, we're right there. We're, we're right in the middle of everything for sure. But point yeah. totals in the Pacific. Eight for the Flames, eight for the Golden Knights, and then the Kraken and the Kings each have six. The Oilers, the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Canucks go 4-4-3-2. Four, four, we have more points than the Oilers. And not as much talent, so there's something. Right. If you look in the Central, it's going to go Stars, Avalanche, Blues, Blackhawks, Predators, Jets, Wild, Coyotes, sitting right where we expected. Point totals of 9, 7, 6, 6, 5, 4, 3, and 2. So once again, if we were in the West instead of the East, we'd be in a playoff spot. <laughs> I have a feeling this would, this is just going to be a strange season. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this makes no sense. I mean – who has, like I said, 
you got Philly in second in the Metro. The Blackhawks are, you know, I figured they would barely be ahead of the Yotes, but, you know, they've put three one three wins on the board in five games. No one saw that coming. And then even the Kraken got their six points, and they're sitting in front of the Kings and the Oilers, who were both in the playoffs last year. That's because yeah. they absolutely fleeced us in a cap trade. For the for the legend? That's true. York Strand is a legend. He'll be the captain up there someday. I was talking about Gavin Bay Rizzer. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's for sure. You're right about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Gavin Bayreuther, uh, with the Blankenberg injury, he was recalled about 20 minutes ago when we started recording this. So, yeah, Gavin so he'll be a healthy scratch, and Boca was the prime move in, I would assume. That would be my guess. But the Seattle Kraken legend is back with us, making that then, trip down I-71. Safe Flight won't be able to fix Boca, so we're going to be stuck with Bumreuther. Uh, it's be a they, great yeah, they don't have enough. They don't have enough glue to fix Boquist. Change that number, dude. Birds yeah. aren't. Oh my god, birds aren't real, but his bones are hollow. But he's but he's not hurt, correct? He just got healthy scratched. Yeah, no, he's healthy. Uh, they didn't want Blankenberg to play on his offside, so that's why we left the worst player on our team in. Who then uh, went Bean. on for a goal as yep. soon as yeah. they pulled Boki out of the lineup? Yep. Well, yeah, that's true. I think Bocos probably would have scored in that situation too, but who am I kidding? So I just I think that's here. about that's about all we got for news and notes because nothing else really happened this week, did it? Oh, oh wait. Adidas released the reverse retros. So let's get your oh, thoughts yeah. on some of those. We'll start with the CBJ reverse retro. Go ahead and uh, give them a description, Kyle, because you tend to have stronger feelings on this jersey than the rest of us. Um, the, it's just from the, the 2003, 2007 alternate jerseys they wore. It was black with, uh, or it was blue with black. Yeah. It was blue union blue base with black shoulders, stars down the sides, all that. Um, they were, they, what they did was they literally took the, the word reverse retro and made that into that Jersey. So the definition of reverse retro happened. And some of you are still upset about that. You got exactly what you told you were going to get. And you're pissed. You're idiots. Anyways. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's a blue base with black shoulders, right? No, yep. black, no, base, black blue base, shoulders. blue shoulders. Uh, yep. it, they, they reversed it and it's retro, the exact right. fucking definition. So yeah, it's indeed. what it's was beautiful. considered our first third jersey. jersey. Yeah. What was considered our first third Jersey was the blue base with the current logo that we wear now, which used to be on the, I believe on the shoulder and it had a black stripe down the arms. Well, yep. now they've reversed it to where the black is blue, the blue is black. So we literally gave them a reverse retro. Of a retro. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's the 2007-2008 third jerseys. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the point. 2003-2007. Is yeah. it? Oh. Yes. Yeah. They started so, in 03. So are, are you a fan of it or were you? Yes, I love them. You do love them. I think they're great. I, I loved the original thirds. Um, I thought those were great. Those were the like the OG Rick Nash thirds. Uh, I think I know they haven't used this blue before, which was like a, which was like a sticking point for some people. But I think that it is a very well done classic Blue Jackets jersey, and I will be buying one, no matter the three hundred dollar price tag on it. I will be buying one. Where Where are you at with it, Zach? Uh, so I'm kind of waiting to see what they look like in person. Uh, there will most likely be one in my closet next to the jersey you made me buy, mm. but. Yeah, I, I will most likely own one. I'm a big fan. Um, 
like you guys were saying, it's exactly what people were asking for, and they're sticking on the blue being a little bit lighter than it normally is. Yeah, yeah I can get yeah. Blue, the blue's more towards the blue on the current third than than the navy. It's a it little, is. Bit, little bit lighter, a little bit brighter. It's, it's uh, almost identical to Elvis's pads. The yeah, I actually saw one at the arena. Actually, I saw two of them at the arena. Jean Luc was wearing one on the uh, Bally's pregame show, and then they do have one in the blue line, so you can see it. And uh, I've just kind of stayed neutral on this one. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I mean, I don't I don't have to have one, but I don't despise it either. I think it's nicely done. I just don't have strong feelings one way or the other. It doesn't, doesn't get my motor going, but it also doesn't put me to sleep. Yeah, okay. That sounds about right. I love them, but yeah, I assume, that's just me. Yeah, I assume I'm probably going to buy one because I'm I'm sure me and Danny Smith will have to do uh, our photo shoot again like we did with the first yeah. two years ago. You're also just a jersey slut. You'll buy anything because it's a jersey. This is true. I just got to um, figure out I, what I want to put on it. Unpopular opinion uh, on these thirds. I think the only thing they're missing is a stinger shoulder patch. Mm. I said it. Actually, now that you bring that up, the only thing I really don't like about them is they have two different shoulder patches. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I guys. didn't either. Yeah, the right. I think it's the right shoulder has the uh, the the Kepi shoulder patch, and the left shoulder okay. has the old CBJ logo. So they have different shoulder patches on each shoulder, and uh, that I'm not a fan of. I don't like that. Yeah, it's got to be symmetric. Oh well. Yeah, because and, I mean, the one's a circle, the one's a triangle. It looks kind of goofy. But outside of that, I mean, it's it's a clean jersey. And when I seen the other thirty one drop. It's definitely not my least favorite. Now it's not my favorite, oh. but it's it's in the middle upper third of the pack for for me. Detroit's were awful. I um, mean, they were just Detroit and Chicago were both horrible. Yeah, you can copy my homework, but don't make it too obvious. Right. Like did the same guy design those two? No shit. And then Toronto's was just their jerseys from last year. Like it's it doesn't got, it's, it's got a different leaf from like the early sixties, so it's got more it's points same, on it. So it looks gotcha, more like a okay. marijuana leaf instead of a maple leaf. Which hey, I'm all cool for, but like there were definitely some worse ones. I think Winnipeg's, in my opinion, was the was the nicest one. Uh it was so clean, just all white with the white crest and the just the jet through the white crest. Unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, they were so nice, so sexy. Yeah. I, I, I honestly wish my like dream uh, blue jackets sweater would be all white uh with just like the blue and white trim like they have now down the shoulder down the arms uh with the with the cannon crest just the cannon in the middle with the silver outline that would be oh my god i would buy 17 of those See, i was hoping i was hoping you know because they expanded what they could do this year i was hoping they would do more of a throwback Kind of like the Sharks did, how they threw theirs way back to previous hockey teams. I was right. hoping that we got like some sort of Columbus chill or even Columbus, was it the Seals or Owls? Or, it was the Seals, you know, yeah. We had the Owls as well. Oh. Um, but I was hoping they would go old school and really go back to like the roots of hockey in Ohio. And that's they had to do with, I, yeah, the, the, they had to do it within like the league parameters. It wasn't actually an NHL franchise, so I think that was right. part of it. It has to be. That'd be cool if they had like if they were left to their own devices at one point and were able to do that. I think that would be cool, but I don't yeah, see it happening. If they could have done the like the 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 shark tooth print from the Columbus Chill instead of writing Chill, they write out CBJ. 
that would yeah. be badass. I agree. But I mean, what are what are some of your other favorites and some of your least favorites from what you saw? Yeah, so I uh, I absolutely hate that Nashville brought back Meth Cat. <laughs> <laughs> it looks terrible, uh, and the mustard yellow is god awful. Well, that's uh, awful in everything that they do. Those, I mean, oh my god, their their homes make me want to just throw up in my mouth. And when Yusa Saros had the mustard yellow pads, ugh. Oh, so bad. Oh, my God. But as far as favorites go, Vancouver had a great one. Uh, I agree. But I am a slut for the Fisherman logo. No See, I've heard way, that. A lot, of, a lot of people like the Fisherman logo. Yeah. Wow. I have been wanting that back for years, and I honestly might buy one. Did the, did the Canes do a Hartford jersey again? No. No. They went – okay. They did one of their own, like actual Carolina throwback. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, it's the original caution flags or the warning flags. And okay, it, Which it I heard something cool about that caution flag. Uh, I think last night when I was trolling on Twitter, did you know the gap between the two caution flags on the Carolina jersey is the shape of the Carolina states? Really? I had no clue. That's crazy. Yeah, had no huh. idea. Yeah, I uh, there was a lot of people I saw that really liked Florida's, and I thought those were hideous. They were the see, palm I like tree that one. and the stick crossed. I think is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. I'll see. I think low key that one was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just think I feel like that that crest that they, they it's just so corny, like a, a palm tree and a and a and this cross. Like a, Arizona could have done that too, or like any of these other southern Tampa could have done that. But it's just so. It's so weird that they like claim palm just, trees in Florida. I just like, like in, the fact that they went off the board and did something completely different, completely different color scheme, completely different logo. Just, just totally threw everybody for a loop and did something completely different. I, I actually like the fact that they did that. Yeah, that's Ari- fair. I guess Arizona kind of copped out and went with the Kachina again, but the jersey around it is phenomenal. You I was can't say, go wrong with that Kachina, man. And that, yeah, you're right. The, the, Arizona, sweater, the color scheme in itself is great. Yeah, Arizona is definitely one of my favorites. The actual jersey itself is sand colored because they're in the desert and you just get the Kachina head. But that stripe along the bottom is an actual desert scene with cactus and stuff in it. That one, probably one of my two or three favorites that they put out. That, and I still like, even though it was already leaked, I love the Vancouver Lumberjack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Very cool. Yeah, and I agree then, with that. And once again, being a kid that, you know, went through high school in the 90s, uh, anything that looks like the Mighty Ducks I'm going to like, as long as it doesn't look like a child drew it like their other one. The the new Mighty mm. Ducks with the, the Mighty Duck logo, and then they stuck with the current color scheme. I actually like that one. And then L.A. kicked it out of the park again. Mm with the purple and the crown and the going old school Kings logo. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Did you, uh, did you happen to see the graphic that came out today with the Kachina theme boomer? Yes, I did. (laughs) Freaking Maddie prints that off at six, one, four hockey. One of our buddies, if he, if he makes those, you best believe I'll be the first one line for that. Yeah. yeah, It looked great. great. That's, that is a great, uh, great concept. I am a very big fan of that logo. So we're not from the Southwest. Yeah, we can all agree what Arizona did good, LA did good, Vancouver did good, 
and Detroit and Chicago just completely dropped the ball. Everybody else falls in the just, middle. Just garbage. Toronto's was awful. I mean, yeah, just, Toronto's was not good either. In my in my book, Florida's is up is up there with Detroit. It's so bad. Canadians is horrible too. I know they tried to make it look like an Expos jersey, but that powder blue with the red and the dark it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Tampa's good. was pretty clean. Yeah, big fan of Tampa's. They're up there for sure. Yeah, no, not a big fan of that one. That one didn't do it for me. All right, moving on. All right, as Kyle would say, moving on. Let's go into uh, game recaps from this week. Hell yeah. So, just to uh, throw it out here real quick for you, we'll go over Vancouver, which was a 4-3 overtime win, and Lil Boomer predicted overtime loss. Uh, Nashville was a 4-3 regulation win. Lil Boomer predicted regulation loss. (laughs) Pittsburgh, 6-3 regulation loss. You predicted predicted win. Yeah. And then just to wrap out the week, I predicted that the New York Rangers would kick the ever-loving dog shit out of us, and we kicked the ever-loving dog shit out of them, making me 0 for 4 on the week. Yes. Uh, freaking dumbass. Are we sensing a trend here, anybody? Yeah. No, no, not whatsoever. I said reverse psychology, so I knew exactly what I was doing, and I'm going to stick to that until someone can prove it wrong. Well, there you go. So the game recap, I mean, of the week was three out of four games. Um, looked pretty decent against Nashville. Kind of squeaked that one out. Uh, absolutely should have beat – well, what was the other one that I just missed? Uh, Vancouver was the first one. Vancouver started out with uh, – Oh, yeah, Bo- we were down. That's right. Yeah, Bo yeah. Horvath put him up one nothing, And then Elias Petterson made it 2 nothing, And that's how we ended the first. Uh, yeah, for sure. That period. Justin yeah, Dan got his first goal. Zach Rinsky got his first goal. Horvat scored again. And then Goudreau tied it up, sent us to overtime. And big bad Vlad got the overtime winner. That's right. That was a great game to be at. Um, you, but go ahead, Zach. Oh, you could absolutely watch the tone change in that game after the hits from Blankenberg. And then Olivier gets boarded and wins that hugging match with Shin. The game yeah. completely shifted after that moment. It yeah, is. That, He's absolutely right. That that's another, and this is just another unfortunate game where uh, this is the fourth game in a row that Vancouver went up by two goals and lost. So that's um, the most ever, the most to start a season in NHL history, I believe. Not only did if they I, go up two zero, they were up two zero in the third or two goals in the third period of all four games. They were up in the third period against us. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we ate, they huh. they went up they went up three one. We had to score two in a row to send it to overtime. <laughs> no, I take it back. They did not. They had a lead. That's what it was. They given up a two goal lead and a third period lead in all four games. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, yeah. But it's funny because they... if you look at the way that game went, you know we're down two nothing at the end of one. It's two one at the end of two. We come back and tie it, and then we win in overtime, and then. If you go to the Nashville game, maybe you sense a trend here. But in the Nashville game, we were down 2-0 at the end of one, and then we scored. And then they scored to make it 3-1 at the end of two. And then we scored two more, and then the third one, and then the empty netter. And when it was 2-0 at the end of the first, I actually told Usher Jim, I said, this has Vancouver feelings to it. 
and he just started laughing. And then at the end of the second, he's like, maybe you're right. And then yeah, as I'm walking back to our bar, he's like, you called that one. <laughs> they've definitely been the comeback kids recently, um, except for against uh, the Rangers. Now, and also against the Penguins, I think against Pittsburgh, Nashville. Uh, let's go back to Nashville. They, they definitely came back, won that in the last – uh, in the last period, but then Pittsburgh on Saturday, they were winning the entire game and then all of a sudden collapsed at the end of the game or, or were tied most of the game. Um, but then against the Rangers, they controlled the entire game. So the the trend is going upwards right now. If they can control most of the game like they did, they don't have to score five goals every game if they're only going to give up one. Uh, Tarasov play out of his mind last night. Yeah, There's did. a trend going upwards right now, and it's it's a good one. It's it's playing that hard for that starting the game and continuing that trend and good things happen clearly. I mean, beating one of the best teams in the Metro five to one last night. Yeah. But going, going back to the Nashville game, I mean, that game where Jake Bean gets his first one, you know, Blanks comes into the game for Boquist and everybody's, everybody's hearing the talk about beans, the weak link beans, the weak link. And then he snatches a goal right as the power play there. It, it ends. And then, Johnny Gaudreau with that wraparound. Why don't you just walk us through that? Because I know you are just loving that one, Kyle. Oh, my God. We were uh, we were down. That was the one we were behind the bench. That's a uh, Nashville game, or Vancouver game, right? The wraparound? Was, the wraparound was Nashville. Was I at that game, too? I, I'm pretty sure it was Vancouver. Because Vancouver, Vancouver. Vancouver, you sat with me. For the first period. And then the second and third period, I sat down behind the bench. Okay, so that was Vancouver. Me, me and Jake took those seats after. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody so that wraparound. Me. I can't keep track. I know it. We uh so I was down there, man. He came right past us. The way that the way that Johnny Goudreau handles a puck and commands attention when he has the puck, because he can score at any given time, at any point when he has the puck on his stick. The way that he came by us by the benches so fast, took that puck and then came by the two defense, that head fake. If you go back and watch that wraparound goal again, he head fakes to the inside. He draws both defensemen and the goaltender with that head fake. Nyquist comes in, clears a path, and then just comes around the other side like nothing. It was the the way he cut behind the net too. His skating ability with this with the puck is legitimately the best that I have ever seen. Like barring Connor McDavid, when, when uh, he did that head fake, he just he hit a different gear. You saw him speed up. It was unreal, and he sped up. He like got faster as he turned behind the net. Yeah. It was it was unbelievable how fast he got around to the other side of that net. The goalie had zero chance whatsoever. It was now, such granted, a beautiful goal. And granted, that was their backup goalie. But one of the things I did realize is with uh, Martin and Net, Martin's never lost in regulation. He was three zero and two coming into that game and left that game three zero and three. That dude's never lost in regulation. So I know he's a backup goalie, but he's not crap. No, he's not bad at all. He had a good season last year. Yeah, he pushed off that right post to try and get back, and Goudreau just bounced it in off a skate. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that was that was great. But the other one in that game in the in the Nashville game, you know, Goudreau scored in that one again. He had what a five five game point streak going before the Rangers game. Uh, but, uh, yes, he did. He's been Justin hot, yeah. Danforth, just pure effort to tie the game up. Dude, two on one, just I don't know how he pulled that one off and hit that upper that upper corner blocker side. 
or stick side, ties it up. It just shows you what he does have to offer. I mean, that that injury going, I mean, it's we're gonna feel it. But uh, you know who got the game winner in that one, right? Nick Blankenberg. Yeah, yeah. Nick Blankenberg got his first, which was the game winner, and then uh, Johnny Gaudreau added in an empty netter. But yeah, that game Gaudreau had what two goals in that game? Yeah, yeah I mean, he's got just, four. What is it? Go four ahead, goals man. and two assists, or four goals and three assists in seven games? Three uh, four, assists, two and seven, four, seven. Yeah, assists, seven, seven, seven points in seven, seven games. games. Yep, four, yeah. three, and seven. But yeah, that's just those two games. You saw something, which is why I was so disappointed in the Pittsburgh game, because the the fight never left in that Vancouver game. I mean, they just stuck through and stuck through and stuck through, forced the overtime, and then totally outplayed Vancouver in overtime. And, and then the Nashville game, slow start, but then turned it on halfway through the second and then just took control of that game completely. So, you know, coming into the Pittsburgh game, which ended 6-3, you know, we scored two goals in the first. And then coming back into the third, they score and – 14 seconds later, Kent Johnson gets his first goal, puts us back up by two goals. Which Kyle predicted. And then, uh, yeah. I did, yes. That was everybody saw that one coming, though. That wasn't any news to anybody. But then the wheels just fell off. What the hell happened? Uh was that what who? Pittsburgh or are you talking about New York? Yeah, yeah Pittsburgh. How about Pittsburgh? Narcolepsy. I don't know, man. It was uh something just like they, they put it in cruise control. I don't know. And that's not necessarily the fault of the Blue Jackets, I don't think, because the Penguins still have that core of guys that won back-to-back championships not that long ago. And I, I they just have that switch, man. It's that switch that they can just turn it on. Uh, the, I'm talking about Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, that trio of guys. And Gensel's been playing well. Uh, Jari went Gensel off there play. at the end of that game. He, that's right, he didn't play in that game, but uh, just in general. But um, Jari, Jari had a night, like he had a really good night against us um I, I think it was just a perfect combination of good goaltending on their end they just kind of turned it on and and that yeah. Crosby Malkin effect where there's really nothing you can do about it yeah I mean just some notes of takeaways from that game like Jari got better as the game went on yes Crosby's still Crosby you know like Zach said earlier with the Boston guys you know they haven't played 20 games yet so they're not waiting on Jello. but Crosby looks good um Latang looked good. Latang looked fast. And Malkin's the only one that didn't look up to his normal speed out of that big three. But guys like Danton Heinen, never heard of the dude. Scores two on us. Yeah. Yeah, these are guys that's what Pittsburgh does. They they take these guys that you never heard of before and they they bring them up and they are all of a sudden like insanely solid players in the NHL. Um I can't think of a ton of, I guess, Atkinson and Boone Jenner. Like, there's guys that come up like that. But it just feels like Pittsburgh always has those guys that are coming out of nowhere and just, like, lighting it up out of nowhere. The prime example last year is Evan Rodriguez, who actually – Right, yeah. Um, But, I mean, if you've watched any of Pittsburgh's games early in the season, they've started out slow every game they've played. Yeah, they have. They've started out slow and just – the, about halfway through the second, they turn it on, and now they're five and one. Yeah, for that. sure. And that's—I mean, I don't know. I didn't predict Pittsburgh to be 
super good this year, but I didn't predict them being like five and one. You know what I mean? It's I think Jordan and Jordan had them out of the playoffs. I think this year. I, I still so, think well, they'll cool down uh, about we'll halfway see. through the season. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously early. No one's gonna stay where they're at. More than likely, I mean there's a few teams, but. There's going to be shuffling, but I just did not see a 5-on-1 start out of Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, me either. For the first 30 minutes, I thought that was the quietest I ever heard it in Nationwide Arena in a Pittsburgh game because, you know, they bring half their damn fan base. But by the end of that game, I left with, let's see, the 14-51 point when Brock McGinn scored the last goal, I headed to our bar. Yeah, we walked out together. Yeah, it just it sounded like a Penn's home game, which is just aggravating as all get up. But yes, we did get to watch one get walked out. So, you know, we did. We but did. they let him back we in. Did. They yeah, let him was, back in. He was back yeah. up at the glass. Yeah, because like I don't know. He was out there bitching and moaning to the police and security and basically said that, you know, they the CBJ fans were instigating it. So they, they ended up letting him back in because they probably were, but they, they let him back in. But the cops stayed right behind me uh, with the cannon crew and monitored him the rest of the game, which was funny because the one the one CPD officer, because I, I filmed it as they were walking him out and uh, put it on Twitter. When I come back in from intermission, he goes, oh, hey, I want to thank you, bud. I'm like, for what? He's like, for posting that. My phone won't quit blowing up. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. He goes, hmm, little Boomer on Twitter. Your jersey says little Boomer. I'm like. Are you a cop or a detective? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Well, I, fuck, this week. fuck that guy. You know what that? You know what about that guy? Fuck that guy. I don't know who you are, dude or guy. Get the fuck out of my arena with that shit. These are these are people that live in Ohio. These are people that we we bump elbows with, bump shoulders with at the grocery store. These people are are within our ranks here in Columbus that are Pittsburgh fans, and they are the worst scum on this earth there's really bad people on this earth i mean really bad things that have happened on this planet in the in the times of humans pittsburgh fans from ohio are above anything else that when it comes to worse people on this planet fuck all of you sorry i had to just throw that out there fuck you i am so sick of those people those pittsburgh fans from columbus you you were born and raised i know somebody who was born and raised in columbus went to ohio state and is a michigan wolverines fan Fuck you, sir, and fuck you, Pittsburgh fans that are from Columbus, Ohio. It, uh, that arena was half yellow. It was fucking disgusting by the end of the game. Unbelievable. And then, and then the other thing is, Stinger, you got your drum. You got two chants. You got CBJ, and you got Let's Go Jackets. Why in the hell you keep starting Let's Go Jackets when it turns into Let's Go Pins? You got to read the room. Let's just do CBJ all night. Because when that, yeah. our mascot got him pumped up. When that guy was getting tossed out, it did turn into CPD, though. It did. That's... It turned into CPD. <laughs> CPD. <laughs> oh, that no, that's, that's enough of the Pittsburgh game. Let's just let's just burn the tape. And, and yeah, let's, let's, go to, let's go to last night's game when we played uh, New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. We ended with a... 5-1 win, and uh, Tarasov gets his first win as a Blue Jackets goalie. Yeah, he sure did. He looked great last night. I, I think the whole team looked great. Um, you know, obviously the scoring was there, and 
And I, I think overall the team, this, the scoring is really spread out ag- across the whole team. But yeah, that's, uh, that's a really... great point. Cause let me just, let me just tell you who scored the goals in that game. Zach Wierenski got his second goal. Andrew Peak, Rocket Richard, that's for you, Scott Lamb, got his first goal. Igor Chinnikov got his first goal. Eric Robinson got his first goal because he stole it from Big Truck. And then Kent Johnson gets his second goal. So three first-time scorers and two second-time scorers and two goals coming from the defense? Yeah. No, we, yeah, Warinsky's expected, right? But Peak, right. we're not really expecting him to score a ton of goals. We're currently second in the league in goals by defensemen. We have seven so far on the season. Yeah. That's Blue Jacket hockey for you. That's what yeah, really. I mean, really, honestly, the only the only disappointing part of that game is the five on three power play, which it happens. I mean, I don't. I I know Gavrikov committed a penalty on Zabinajad, but I think Zabinajad, you know, kind of flopped a little bit to draw it. And they absolutely were absolutely flopped. And the bad part was we had a minute 15 of five on three. We were two seconds away from killing the five on three to letting good Branson back out of the box for or peak back out of the box first. Yeah. Two seconds before Gus Nyquist thinks he's sending the puck to the open ice to get it cleared. And our buddy, our Timmy Panarin's waiting in the middle, just served him up a pizza. Oh, no, yeah, beautiful, beautiful pass from Nyquist to, to Panarin there. I mean, really good effort on his part. I I don't know. That, if that's the worst thing that happened last night, that's perfectly yeah. fine. I, the just... goaltending really stood out to me. Tarasov really played well, solid. I, New York didn't have a ton of, like, good chances, but uh, every chance they did have, Tarasov was telling them no, except for that Panarin shot, but there's really not a whole lot you can do about that one. That thing was – just yeah, no. absolutely filthy. We have Biggest. been amazing at setting up assists for the other team this season. Like, shout out to my boy Jack Russell. They can game one against Carolina. That, and we've been really good at putting nets, putting pucks in our own net as well. Shout out to Boquist and Bean there. And Peak. And but, Pe- oh, yeah. No, it was those. Yeah, you fucking idiots. God. There's been three. Oh, sorry. There has been three. Uh, one was off a skate to a stick and then in. That was the third one. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. But on a positive note, I mean, Danell Tarasov completely looked 100% more calm coming into this game than I've ever seen him come into a game. But the situations he was put in last year, if you remember his first his first start, he was in Cleveland and had to fly to Dallas or Montreal. It was one or then the Dallas. Yeah, he flew to Dallas and, you know, basically gets off a plane, puts his gear on, goes out there and has a decent game. We still lose, but – has a decent game, goes to Montreal, forces it to overtime. I mean, yeah. he hadn't been put in the best situations. You know, you start out this year, and he's expected to be the backup, and Elvis gets sick, so he gets thrown in the first two or three games and was totally not expecting to play this. So games. now so now after last night – sorry, kind of cutting you off here on that, but after last night, do you see now – tomorrow night we play Arizona at home um, – do you see Tarasov or Elvis starting tomorrow? I think it's a I think it's a good debate right now. Here's the hard part is with Brad Larson, he's so unpredictable. I can't tell you what he's thinking. I know he's got he's got his boat tied to Elvis. That's his guy. Mm-hmm. But how do you not play Tarasov after that game? I mean, 
we're one five-on-three power play goal away from Tarasov getting a shutout in Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. Yeah. And his rebound control and his calm demeanor, I mean, he was not flailing all over the place, you know, no floppy goalie syndrome going on. And even when he came out of the blue ice to play the puck, he always put it in the right place. I mean, the guy just put together a complete game, short of a five-on-three pizza pass to Artemi Panarin, who was also tied for the league-leading points. True. I mean, that very easily could have been a shutout. I mean, I there's no way I don't put him in net Tuesday. And if he wins Tuesday, I put him right back in Friday. I do not disagree with you at all, and I think that's what's going to happen. If you think back to – uh, the end of training camp when he was giving out like who is who what his lines are going to be he said it's not rocket science right just go with what we got and what the best right. option is right now uh, that's why line and Goudreau are playing on the same line were um, I think it's Tarasov if we go based off of that if he's if he's a if he's a consistent guy and actually sticks to what he says then it's Tarasov tomorrow and it's that simple um, I I don't know. Elvis has not been cutting it for me for the team for I don't think anybody else that's watching it. Right now, he's got some work to do, man, and it's just – I don't know what, what has happened between now and two years ago when he had that – I'm writing an article right now about him where it's – like that. he had that stretch of games where he didn't go under 930 save percentage and had five fucking shutouts in eight games. It, it, it was like, like it's just unbelievable, and now we're dealing with this. It yeah, legitimately I mean, was only an eight-week hot stretch, though. Outside of that, he has been mediocre at best. Right, he and I've actually done. Go ahead. I've actually done the math, and literally, if you remove that two month stretch where he had the five shutouts in eight games, outside of that stretch, that you know, we've already proven the numbers are they're less than average. They're below average. They're not even average. They're a little bit below average. But he's she's show my point. He like he showed it because like not even that, but what was it beginning of the last season or two seasons ago? His first like four or five games, he didn't have. He went nine fifty with like only two goals allowed in four games and it, like just unbelievable shit. We've forgotten about that and because he hasn't done well around that, but he has these little stretches here and there. And I think he'll have a couple this year and give people hope again, but he has those stretches here and there where it's like, Oh shit. He's got like star goaltender somewhere in there. It just needs to come out of him consistently. And he has not been able to put that together. Goalies do voodoo. If that's the only explanation. Yeah. Well, I mean, just looking at this tweet here, the CBJ haters put out a tweet today. They've done all the math. Tarasov's 1-2-0, two quality starts, a 9-12 save percentage, 3.33 goals against average, plus one goals expected, above expected, um, 0.818 against high danger opportunities. Elvis is 2-2-0. Only has one quality start, 864 save percentage, 4.19 goals against, minus 4.9 goals expected, uh, and 0.600 against high danger chances. Yeah, so, he, just ha- he hasn't been as yeah he hasn't been as good for sure. And he's he's only played one more game, so you know you give Tarasov one more game and it goes to shit. The numbers could be identical, but if he plays like he did last night. You got to start asking some questions, because. But then the other problem is, what do you, what do you do with Elvis? Because you got Corpy it's coming a, back too. It's a long so, season. I yeah, Corpy. If anything, Tarasov goes down, and then we're left with Elvis and Corpy 
for another year because Corpy got his year deal. Elvis still has five years left on his deal starting this season. Um, but how do you send your statistically best goalie down? Because of contracts. You can't – I don't know that – I think that he may be waiver exempt still, so that would yeah. be your first sign. And Corpy isn't, but I don't think that anybody would pick him up, so that's an option as well. I think if you sent Corpy down – I don't know. One of one of the three has to go down because Corpy what said this week that he's back into like he's almost in game shape. If I yeah, if I read that, he said he's ready. He'll be back before Finland. Yeah. It might so be here, right yeah. Finland. Well, all so three of them will go to Finland because when you go when you go play overseas, you take extra players, so they'll be sure. taking three goalies to Finland. So I'm assuming Corpy be activated right before they go to Finland. They'll take all three. Now, if that being the case, how do you not give the Finn a start in Finland. That's kind of why one of the reasons why they brought him back. But then who gets the other start? I mean, it's just, there's so many questions with goaltending right now that literally you could just spin a dartboard and throw a dart to see what's going to happen next. That's our biggest question. And look, that's what, that's, what's funny to me is because I, what was the first couple games I, I tweeted out uh, what one game into the season and goaltending is clearly our biggest issue. And I wasn't wrong and I'm not wrong and I'm not going to be wrong for the remainder of this season unless the entire team uh, like goes down in a boat accident or something or the plane crash on their way to Finland. Then we got bigger issues. But the goal, the goalie issues are the biggest issues, and it's so obvious. And, I like, the defense, yes, has not been playing as well, but they're improving. But the defense also cannot Dude. put on big pads and go stop pucks for the goaltending. It's not well, the there. Other, well, the other thing, too, is, you know, if you look at the New York game last night, what we're considering probably our hottest defensive player, the little spark plug that came in, leaves after, what, five minutes in the second period, two minutes in the second period. So you're left with the other five guys. So they're playing a man down, and they stood their ground. And I know a lot of people absolutely hate Gabranson. I'm not one of them because I watch stuff that doesn't happen on a stat sheet. When he like grabs a guy from Nashville and just chucks him across the ice behind the net, that's the kind of shit I love. But when they put Gabranson with Wierenski, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Now it's $13.5 million where the guy's playing one pair of defense. That's kind of crazy. But they rotated those five without Blankenberg, and the defense yeah. stood their ground the rest of the game. I mean, even yeah. when you had Peek and Gabrikov in the box, you know, Gabranson and Boone and, you know uh, – God, who else went out there with them? It was uh, Branson, Wierenski, and Boone playing that five on three. And, and they did amazing. And then they finally got the puck out, were able to swap, and then you have the trying to clear it one last time and Panarin comes out of nowhere and snatches it. But, you know, defense has been a problem, but the defense was not a problem Sunday. Neither was the goaltending. Is there something connected with the way those guys played for Tarasov? Because we've said it in the past. The defense plays different in front of Elvis than they do in front of Corpy. Well, are they playing different in front of Tarasov, or did they just I, figure something out? I don't even think that that's necessarily true. I don't know that there's anything to that. You are a defenseman. You have a job to do, which is skating around on, on ice and, and moving a piece of rubber with a stick. That's your job. The, who is stopping that puck behind you doesn't really mean anything. It's just a person who can or cannot stop the puck you're going to go out there and do your job regardless because that's what you're getting paid those millions of dollars to do in Gobranson's case, not necessarily like Blankenberger and these other guys are not making a ton of money, but 
I, I think that the goal, there is not as much as we put, like last season, we, we heard all this stuff about, oh, Elvis is in, they're going to play better in front of Elvis. I don't even know what that means. That doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, they don't like Elvis more than Corpy. That's, I, I, I don't think that that's a thing in a locker room. These are professionals doing a job and they go home after their job. It's their job. They're, they don't care who's, who's goaltending behind them. So I completely dismiss it when anybody says that. I think it's crazy. It's, sorry for it, another rant. I'm sorry. I keep going off. That's why we're here. It's extremely <laughs> hard to expect the world out of a defense who's, I, I think the average age is 22.8. Yeah. Like, defensemen take forever to develop in the first place. And well, if not you look, that, they're also, they implemented a new defensive system. Exactly. So they don't even have a hang of all of it yet. They're still learning as they go because it's a completely different system. Well, yeah, and then you got Waranski, who never got the system to begin with. So here, I mean, we're completely starting over from from square one. Um, if, that was a bad joke. If you look at the defensive <laughs> cores from last year that were considered like your hard-nosed shutdown defenses, so you look at like Minnesota, Calgary, and Colorado, their average age was almost 30, which is fucking crazy. But it's yeah, seasoned defensemen that are used to this league, know how to shut things down, and know how to play well in their own zone. It's not young players that are still learning. That's right. a good I point. Mean, yeah, because last year we, we what last year Warinsky had more games played than the other five starters combined at one point. Yep. So now you know now you got another year under the belt of guys like Gavrikov, and then you bring in a Gabranson who's been around forever, and uh, obviously those game numbers have went up, but still it just. And if the, you can see the weakness at the beginning of the season, and it just seemed like something clicked this week, especially Sunday. Sunday's defense was outstanding. The goalie play was outstanding. The defense was outstanding. The offense showed up. I mean, the 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 power play did. It doesn't. We're, we're not scoring, but it doesn't look one hundred percent horrible. We're getting shots off which that was something we used to not be able to do. We couldn't get a shot off on a power play. Hell, we couldn't even get it entry into their zone. And now we're getting it in, getting it set up, getting shots off. And, yeah, one game. And the PK, yeah. PK is the PK. We always get shorties here and there. Our PK, guys like Corrali, Robinson, even Roslevic and Gus, when those two are out there, those four, they just they have a nose for the puck on a PK. All right, after that break, uh, Bucket Kyle had to step out because, well, he got home. So you're still here with me and Zach, and we're uh, we're going to look forward this week and do uh, our predictions since I was so stellar last week. Um, I mean, I was dead on 0 for 4, even picked the wrong overtime win slash loss. So going into this week, it looks like Tuesday we're going to play Arizona at home. How you feeling about Arizona at home? It, I, it should be a win, but I think it's going to be a trap game. Uh, I think they're going to take us to OT, and we're going to get our first OT loss of the season 4-3. Really? See, I was kind of thinking the same thing, <laughs> but luckily I'm always wrong. But I was thinking the same thing coming off that high of that 5-1 against the Rangers that they think they've got it all figured out. And I just have a feeling for some reason they're going to start the wrong goalie to prove a point, and it's going to bite them in the ass. And I see us losing 4-2. 
two. loss. And I'm hoping I'm wrong for the fifth game in a row. But we'll see what happens. And then that puts us Friday playing Boston at home. This will be our last home game before they fly out for Finland. So what do you what do you see happen against the uh, prehistoric Pat or Patrice Bergeron in the Boston Bruins? So the dinosaurs are still early in the season. Uh, they're going to come out hot. Pasta is on fire right now. Um, I do think we're going to start Tarasov in the Arizona game and then go back to Elvis for Boston. I think there's a good chance he gives that uh, gives up a touchdown and the extra point. We lose seven three. You're calling for a touchdown and wow. the extra point and the extra point. Uh, if we go with that pattern of Tarasov starting Tuesday and Elvis going back in Friday, I think you're right. I don't see the extra point, but I do see the touchdown. Um, I do see maybe a garbage goal at the end, more of like a six three. Another L. So hopefully I just stay wrong. And then the last game before we record again next week is a Sunday, a matinee game at New Jersey, 2 p.m. start. That's going to screw with some drinking time. Yeah, I, I'd like to acknowledge how much I hate these early afternoon games. It is weird getting blitzed at 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Dude, I was having problems with the 5 p.m. one. Do you remember week. the Montreal last year at 1 p.m. at home? Yes, I also barely remember the Edmonton 1 p.m. Sunday. <laughs> Fuck them kids. <laughs> but anyway, we got New Jersey at 2 on Sunday. What do you think? Uh, I think Elvis gets a second shot at that, but it's youth against youth. It's going to be a boat race. Uh, we're going to win this game 6-5 in regulation. 6-5, good guys in regulation. Well, I'm just going to keep being a pessimist and a Debbie Downer and hoping that the reverse psychology just keeps working. Um, I'm thinking, I don't see it being a boat race, but I'm thinking, you know, like a 4-3 overtime win. Gotcha. 4-3 overtime loss because I'm doing reverse psychology. So 4-3 overtime. I'm just picking all L's because every time I pick an L, we win. So let's see what It's going to bite you in the ass and we're going to lose all three. I'm either I'm either gonna be right or right. <laughs> so I'm going L L overtime L. You're going win, loss, win. Yep. All right, we'll see what happens with that. I then. think we come out of this over five hundred. I would hope because that would put us what this is one, two, three, four, five. That would six, put us eight, at that would points. put us at ten games. So if we can get 10 points out of these first 10 games before we go to Finland, that would be that'd be amazing to get 10 points out of the 10 games considering eight of those teams, seven of those teams are legit playoff contenders. Two of them are on the bubble and then Arizona. And we should be looking at more of a point spread throughout the league this year rather than the fucking 20-point gap between the right. wild card and the first team out. Yeah, I see it being a lot tighter this year. A lot, lot tighter. I, I think we, the winner of the Metro barely breaks 100 with like 103, 104. I think that's what I said. Like 102 was going to be the winner of the Metro this year. Low yeah. 90s will get you in the playoffs. Just think I had the wrong teams picked, but we'll see. I would love for you to be right here. I'd love to come out of these first 10 games with 10 points because uh, with the schedule we had to start, 
with all the questions we had to start, 10 points out of the first 10 games would be a fucking victory, dude. I mean, yeah. no doubt about it, that would be a victory. And, I mean, you don't really know anything until about 20 games of the season. I mean, hell, we started out last year, what, 7-3? and three? Yeah, well, first 20 games of the season, we were second, third place in the Metro. And then we had yeah. that had that law where we went on our first skid that ended up being a lot longer than we expected. But you know. And that was also during the Patrick Line injury and family issues. And Yeah, I mean, normal hockey season, you got 20 games to fill each other out and figure out who you are. You got 40 games to try and work through all the other bullshit that happens, including injuries and whatnot and, and call-ups and send-downs and all that. So you can set yourself up for those last 22 games to make that final push. So the big thing is going to be once we get out of these first 20 games, what do they do with that middle portion? And you'll probably know a third of the way into it. So, but uh, the only other thing I got left on uh, on our little show flow is uh, want to talk about opening night. Oh shit! Um, how much of it do you remember? Uh, I remember I didn't lose. I, I definitely did. I re- do remember DK was the start of that show. I want to go ahead and point that out before we talk about yeah. any of this. What a, to, to set this up, last year a lot of people saw on opening day that I may have borrowed a beer tower from the table next to us, and I decided to just drink two, two and a half beers out of it while the people cheered me on. Um, that led to Zach here, Mr. Boone at Bulls, who is probably one of the fastest people I've ever seen drink a pint of beer. He can. I'm the fastest person I know. He can, he can open his throat and do a 16-ounce pint of beer in two and a half seconds or less. Prisoners would love me. Yes. It's a, yeah. Very, very, very popular on the prison scene. But he decided to challenge me to a tower race. So the 100-ounce beer tower at our bar, we decided to have a race. And uh, our lovely... Bartender Zach decided to fill them up to 108 ounces, which is approximately nine beers. Now, in Zach's defense here, I did set some ground rules because I didn't want to get my ass completely kicked. (laughs) So rule number one was you had to drink from the spout. Couldn't be filling up cups and chugging cups. You had to drink from the tower spout. And rule number two, you could not take the top off the tower and just drink out of the top. So you had to drink from the spout. Now, we found out really quick that our bar got all new beer towers. And the spouts are way bigger and way faster. Like Mike Tyson on roids. Yes, like it was bad. So to make things worse, a lot of shit talking going back and forth on social media. Um, built this thing up. We got Dennis Kelly or condescending DK, as most of you know him as, to uh, be the announcer. So he he completely Michael buffered it and gave us introductions and the whole nine yards and got us all set up and ready to go. And then the race commenced. What happened from there? Oh, you know, it's it's like setting yourself up well on tender and then walking out 45 seconds later disappointed. It, uh, you know, those come out way faster than we thought they were going to. Yeah, they did. Uh, I, it I did will not for you there. 
it did not cross my mind to half throttle the handle. Which and, I uh, you know, I, I gave the crowd a shower. Sarah Kent was smelling like shit and uh, she needed it. So yeah, there was definitely a splash zone in front of Boone Bolts. Yeah. I just, all I know is I started drinking that thing and I just, once I realized that we could not go full blast, I throttled it down to about half open. And uh, I look out of the corner of my eye and I, I see you stop. I'm like, all right, good. I got him now. I got him. I just got to keep drinking. I got him. And then I look over, you stopped a second time. I was like, holy crap. And then I looked over and you stopped a third time. So I took a break. I'm like, I got him. I got to have a lead. And then the fourth time I hear Dennis Kelly say, oh, my God, do you quit? And you quit. Anybody that wants to give this a try, I, I wish you the best of luck. This is by far one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah, that thing, I tell you what, it, when it was all said and done, you would drink about 25 ounces of yours, and I'd put down about 33 of mine. Yeah. And we both were dying. It came out so fast. I bet you we both put down the first 12-ounce beer in about two seconds. The walk Just, to the hotel after that was brutal. <clears throat> oh, yeah. All I know is you talk shit and I won. That's all that matters to me. I won. And but that's like why someone, I tap your beers. But like someone said on Twitter, that was for all the buildup, that was highly disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm here to disappoint. So anyway, I think with that, I think we're going to wrap this up and uh, get on out of here so I can get this over to Kyle so he can get her posted tonight. But I do, on behalf of Kyle and myself, I do want to thank you for coming on tonight and hanging out with us. And uh, we will definitely have to do this again. Uh, while we're in our closing statements, can I go ahead and get my life advice with Boomer in? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what. You can get your life advice with Boomer in, but go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on social media first so, so they so, know who we're, who we're talking to. On Twitter, I am Boone at Bulls. Uh, it should come up as Zach. It's me polishing off a pint. Nice. So I do All nothing right. but talk stupid shit about players. So we'll just we'll just do this like a regular call-in show. Hey, caller, you're on the air with a uh, little boomer. What advice can I give you? Hey, I, uh, I've been asking this question for about 23 years. Uh, why did my dad leave? Well, I needed cigarettes. Dad? Oh, are we, are we still going here? Okay. I, we're at an hour already, so we need to, I, I need to get off of here. Do you guys you just want to close it down? Are we done with the games or? Yeah, we can keep it moving. Yeah. Okay. You two just want, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you two just want to close it down. All right. Well, the only thing I got left is do predictions. Just predictions. Okay. Yeah. You guys do predictions and then. Just put them in. I don't know if we want to tweet them or whatever. We don't. Do you want to give us our or yours so we can just add them in? No, I don't care that much. Okay, cool. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just got to do yeah. predictions because I'm gonna do Nostra dumbass. So That's this part, portion yeah. here that. And Zach, started about should, like, an hour too. Keep your records and like face each other, and then at the end of this season, whoever loses has to do a punishment. All right, I'm down.
has to all right cool <laughs> yeah the whole thing yeah god damn all right, I am out of here. I trust you will close it down well and then just send me the MP3 once you're done. No problem. Uh, we'll do All like right, I said, this guys. is about the hour and two-minute mark when you start editing. Okay, sounds good. All right. See you guys. See you. See ya. See ya.